Welcome to Spillin' and Dealin' the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpill.com. And with me today, as always, is a producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, GHSA basketball season is here. We have Class A private to break down boys and girls, and we have a lot to talk about. Yes, Kyle, we do, and we will jump right into it. In Class A Private, we'll open with the top four on the boys' side, St. Francis Green Forest, Mount Pisgah, and Providence Christian. The first two St. Francis coming off another state championship winning season. They open back up top Green Forest. They were the runners-up. And then Mount Pisgah was teetering on the edge of kind of being up there, being able to compete, and they open at the three spot in Providence Christian after shooting up, turning around their record from three and twenty-four to twenty-four and three, claim the four spot. Yeah, so there's a there's a lot going on here. Obviously, I still think even though that uh, Dwan Odom has graduated is at Xavier now, and Chase Ellis is now at Barry College, I still think the Class A private state championship runs through st francis over there um in the alpharetta area so i think it all starts and stops with st francis still you know jusson hold has really taken his game to the next level um and they're just going to be a really good team he's going to alabama he's a 6-6 wing um he's been really good and then you know you add in keith robbins who transferred over um from gmc who's picked up a lot of steam over the offseason He's already picked up a, an offer from Xavier heading into uh, what his uh, his junior season, I believe it is. Um, and then there's other good juniors in, uh, in in the wings right there already. When you're talking about Seth Hubbard, a six four uh, off guard that's really smooth. Uh, he's a, a good athlete, can float in the lane, can shoot the three ball exceptionally well. And then Jordan Brown as well, a guy that um, always has been a, a really good isolation player on the perimeter, uh, a tough guard. Uh, continuing to get better as a passer and as a facilitator, uh, just a playmaker in general, uh, honestly. Um, so he, he's really good as well. So you're looking at a, a core four right there in the backcourt that's going to be really tough to beat. And I feel like, you know, you, you win state titles with guard play. And, um, you know, Green Force saw it firsthand last year when they just got ran out of the gym uh, by St. Francis. Um, and you know it's it's going to be a little different when we're talking about these class A and class uh, class A public and class A private. Uh, no longer are public schools mixed in with private schools when we look at these regions. So these regions, a lot of them are very very different now, and, and especially I think it's going to be beneficial for the public schools. Um, and on the private schools, you know, there's a few that benefit. You know, looking at like at the bottom of the poll, a team like. Uh, FPD First Presbyterian Day. Um, they were in that Region Seven uh, last year that housed, uh, you know, Wilkinson County, Hancock Central won the state title. Um, you know, other teams that have been good throughout the year: Stratford Academy, Aquinas. Uh, you know, always good teams. Lincoln County is always good now and then. Um, so, you know, for them, they they exit and they're over there in you know Region One, and it looks like. FPD looks like a, a strong favorite to win that region now. And you know, dating back with uh, the previous um, alignment of the regions, you would never really think as FPD being a, a, a team that was a front runner to win that region. So that really helps out a team like that. But back to the top of the poll, yeah, I think St. Francis is a team to beat. Now, Green Forest is is huge and talented as as always. It feels like. 
Um, they're going to have a lot of size, and they're going to have a lot of guys that are now eligible to play that weren't eligible last year. You're talking about Guy Chol, who's a nationally ranked prospect at seven foot inside, um, going to be a sophomore now. Uh, he's going to be a, a big piece. You got DK Manuel, who's six foot eleven. Uh, Madel Dang is seven foot two. So you know all that size. It's it's what Green Forest always has, and I don't think it's you know as much of a surprise anymore it's like when you play green force you know they're going to have seven footers so i don't think it's going to be anything that's shocking to these these players now because it's been like this for years you know when you play green force they're going to have elite size it, it really comes down to the guard play and now well he's not a guard i think uh, jalen jackson is six six wing i think he is going to be a really big piece for them uh fills in um for lamar odin who's at drexel now not really as much of a playmaker as Odin was, but he's been getting better and better. Uh, Jackson that is. And he was really good at Douglas County um, going to North Carolina A and T. I think he has a chance to really be a key piece, but again, it comes down to guard play. And I think green force does have a lot of guards. And, and if you wanted to argue that green force on paper had a better roster than St. Francis, I don't know if I would really argue too much because just looking at it, I mean, green force is, um, is loaded when you have uh, guys like uh, Chase Cormier still there, uh, a three-point shooter. You got Jalen Forrest who's a burgeoning guard that's really strong, really good. Uh, Florian Tenenbaugh is still supposed to be there, to my knowledge. Kai Cook is a little floor general. So you're looking at a really deep, like top nine, top ten right there at Green Force. So for them to compete with St. Francis, I think it's very likely if those two teams hook up again in the state title game it wouldn't be uh too much of a, a a crazy a crazy occurrence um but you know outside of those two you're looking at you know mount piscat number three who's added some key pieces i think they're going to be really good you already have a nucleus with nate gordon inside who's a really good rebounder and shot blocker jojo peterson who's going to ipfw uh chase tucker's a good shooter nick spiros has played key minutes um, all throughout his career and that they add some guys in mj winter who i think is going to be a really key piece for them a 6-2 guard um that is a good defender and also a really good scorer on the perimeter and then kashim grady at 6-3 just another versatile piece and then um providence christian a team that's going to be anchored by elijah williams and uh and chance thacker those two guys averaged close to 18 points per game last year and they got some key pieces uh, returning around them and a big one that moved in Antonio Carpio uh, Tony Carpio 67 can stretch the floor so you're looking at a top four right there I feel fairly good about that top four but I mean the top one and top two you know you feel really confident about St. Francis and Green Force whether they flip-flop throughout the year quite possible that that does happen but Pisca and Providence right there waiting in the wings and then below them you know Galloway St. Ampicelli Wesleyan you know just go down the list it gets really really competitive because just like last year all those teams in the middle of the poll i wrote about it online the middle of the poll really just beat itself up so you you could be ranked you know fourth one week and then you you're you're tenth the next week or you're out of the poll so that's going to kind of you know stop some of these teams from climbing all the way up it's just going to be you know can you stand out from the pack or are you just in that muddled mess of being you know three through ten or four through ten um it'll be interesting to see if anyone can kind of break away from the pack and really stand out as a true third contender uh alongside saint francis and green force that's what i'm really looking for this year 
And now let's jump to the bottom of the poll in Class A Private Kyle, number 7 Wesley, and number 8 Holy Innocence, and number 9 Mount, Pre- Mount Vernon Presbyterian, excuse me, number 7 Wesleyan. They uh, were a scrappy team that won 16 games last year. They went 16-8 and eight before getting bounced in the first round to uh, the 21 seed, remembering Class A does the uh, 1 through 24 power rankings for their playoffs. They lost to 21 seed WD Muhammad, 61-46. to 46. Number 8 Holy Innocence, we talked about them a lot last year. They were uh, in and out of the poll, but because of their 12 and 17 record, but that was a lot of uh, in part due to their strength of schedule. They played a bunch of tough teams and they took their losses, and so they opened at number eight and Mount Vernon Presbyterian, who finished 13 and 10 last year, but they get a nod in the polls because of their losses to tough opponents. Yeah, Mount Vernon Presbyterian. If you're looking for a, maybe a sleeper team at the bottom of the poll to kind of cement themselves as a team that could anywhere hover between maybe you know that five to five to eight range maybe a a good week puts them at number four um mount vernon presbyterian could be a a a tough team uh you know you're looking at uh chase clemens has really blown up over the off season as a, a really tough scoring guard um you know pours in upwards of you know he averaged about 13 points per game but i could see him flirting with 20 points per game this year he's grown a little bit over the summer he's got a quick trigger can score all over the place um but the big piece or the big question about them was who's going to score alongside clemens and you had the wicker brothers transfer to roswell and that's six six and six seven um leaving the building um, but when you have a six foot eight, two hundred forty pounder, and Keith Williams, who comes in from McEachern, and he's starting to pick up some some offers from Kennesaw State and other small schools, at least getting a lot of interest, um, that's a big deal. He's a, a big body; uh, he can move people out of the way. He's got nimble feet and good hands. He can score inside, and you know, just looking at Class A private outside of those top teams, I mean, there's just not a lot of schools that can match uh, a big bruiser like that. And a guy that is, you know, that talented and has that much upside going for him. And you're just looking at Region 5. is It's just going to be a real, real cluster. Going to be really, really tough because you're looking at, uh, you're looking at uh, Providence Christian, who opens at number four. You're looking at Galloway, who's at number five. Um, you're looking at Wesleyan, number seven. Here you're looking at... Uh, Holy Innocence, uh, looks like we have him at number eight. Um, and you got Mount Vernon in there, number nine. So that's what? That's five teams right there in Region 5, if I'm not mistaken. One, two, three, four, five. Five teams in a seven-team region that's ranked. And I'm just going to jump ahead and give you a spoiler. A team that um, I think could be a dark horse this year is another team in Region 5, Hebron Academy. Uh, Hebron Christian, 17 and 10 last year. Everyone is supposed to return. Sam Hutto is supposed to be back. It was a, a, a tough guy on the wing that played bigger than his size. But they have a six foot nine freshman that transferred in from Florida, who is a really a well known prospect in Jaden Williams. So you add him to the mix now on a team that is already returning a bunch of seniors that won a lot of games last year. Now those games. You know, they played in a region eight, I believe it was last year, and it wasn't necessarily all that strong, but you have all those guys back. You have a six, nine anchor. Hebron could be a team that sneaks into the pole at some time. So region five is really just going to be a slobber knocker of, um, you know, a tough, tough grouping. If you can survive that region and come away with a 
a somewhat decent seed heading into the region and more importantly the state tournament uh, you are certainly going to be battle tested and now on to number 10, First Presbyterian Day. We talked about them at the top with the uh, realignment of the public-private regions and how they're in the newly formed Region 1. So they hold the 10 spot to open the preseason polls, Kyle. But who is knocking at the door? Yeah, so Hebron's knocking at the door. Just mentioned them. But uh, I'll give you uh, a team that just missed, and I'll give you a dark horse as well, Ramin. A team that just missed, Trinity Christian, 20 and 11 a year ago. They lose a lot. Of their guys, Brady Burnett's gone. Uh, Giancarlo Bastioni's gone. Um, uh, Raul Arias is gone. Uh, now they do have Isaac Brito back, who uh, has been picking up some offers and interest, Division Two level. I think some Division Ones might be checking in on him. Uh, a six-four guard that's really aggressive, gets downhill. I would like to see him play with some more speeds and become more of a, a, a facilitator. But he's super aggressive. He's always going to go full tilt. Um, he's going to produce night in and night out, and he's a he's a really good athlete. So he's just a really good player overall. Michael Moore just supposed to be back, and then uh, Sammy um, Pisis Pisis. I'm not sure how to pronounce the last name, so forgive me. But he is new. He transfers in from out of state. Uh, uh, an international player. Uh, I believe he was in Florida last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he's going to help out. As a guy that can shoot the three ball, he's a really strong, strongly built guard as well. So, you know, he can definitely take some bumps and some dish him out as well if he attacks a basket. So that's going to be a key piece in the backcourt for Trinity Christian. Uh, I think that, you know, the addition of him um, is going to be really big uh, for Trinity Christian just to give them that third option. And a team that I mentioned, uh, a dark horse, W.D. Muhammad. 17 and 8 last year sweet 16 team you mentioned it earlier Ramin. they did knock off wesleyan last year in the state tournament um really good young guards if they're still there sophomores Bilal abdur rahim and rodrigo Ferreyes. i know um rodrigo has been uh uh has been listed as a freshman uh on the circuit of 2024 this year i'm not sure if he played up as an eighth grader last year at the high school level i don't think that is lead or if it is you only get four years to play so he would be having to leave by the time he's actually a senior but um for all purposes i'll list him as a sophomore because he already played one year at the high school level but he's really really good he can flat out score the ball um electric player shoots the lights out just super smooth and i've heard really good things about abdur rahim as well uh, as a, a good guard that is a playmaker and another guy that can put up points in a hurry. So you got two really tough guards, a little undersized. They don't have great size between the both of them, um, but they're quick. They know how to play. They can score at multiple levels, and that's why I have WD Muhammad as a, a you know a tough dark horse team. Now, you know just looking at it, they're in that region too, and you got Eagles Landing Christian Academy, which I, I think they're going to be. Um, improved this year there were nine and 14 last year but aj flag is a guy that's really trending in the right direction heading into his junior season a big strong uh, guard that we saw at the sandy spill showcase last year i think he's got potential to really have a breakout season but outside of elka you have green force who you know it looks like the hands down favorite to run the table in that region but outside of that you're looking at landmark christian 11 and 15 our lady of mercy 8 and 16 by day 11 and 13 
um, Southwest Atlanta Christian was only like 10 and six last year and Whitfield Academy, Whitfield Academy could be a team that kind of sneaks up on some people. They were 15 and 13 last year. And I think they have some good young pieces coming back. Um, but WD Muhammad sitting there at 17 and eight. So you're looking at a, uh, WD Muhammad team that, um, very well could steal that number two or number three seed, uh, heading into the region tournament. Um, just depends if they have enough role players and enough size to go around their talented backcourt. And Kyle, before we head over to the girls' side, I did want to mention that this has been the uh, year with the most number of transfers into Class A private since yeah. we've been tracking them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have about 15 or so. And like you said, for about uh, it's been like six years now. So the most we've seen, or at least I've been able to find in Class A private. Um, now that could be because of the COVID situation. Parents weren't sure if their kids are going to be able to play or be able to go to school. So, uh, you know, that, that's something that could be a factor. You, you never really know. Um, but yeah, it, it was interesting to see uh, a lot of talent influx and uh, find its way into Class A Private. I think it really makes Class A Private stronger as a whole. I think it's going to be really competitive again. Um, so. It's it's something to keep an eye on to see if this is going to be a trend that continues or not. Not 100% sure, um, but there are going to be a lot of new faces, and I think a lot of these new faces are going to be really big contributors right away when you're talking about Keith Robbins at St. Francis, Tony Carpio, Providence Christian, Jalen Jackson, Greenforce, MJ Winter, Mount Pisgah. So, you know, just right there, that's, that's the top four teams in the state rankings all picking up transfers right there. So it's going to be a really fun, fun season to see if anyone can kind of break through and crack St. Francis and Green Force, who will be that third team, that third and fourth team to make it to the final four and compete for a state title. Let's flip it over to the girls' side of Class A Private now. And at number one, Hebron Christian, number two, Holy Innocence. There was this feeling that they got into a bit of a horse race last year, seeing you know who could win, get up in the polls first. Of course, powerhouse Holy Innocence had the uh, incumbency advantage, if we want to call it that. But Jan Azar has moved over to Hebron Christian and turned that program around. And uh, they lost to Holy Innocence in a tight one, maybe with some controversy in the final four. But um, they opened season at number one this year, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, on paper, Hebron has – they have everything back. You know, it's – this is a team that – they're supposed to win the state title this year. Make no bones about it. Hebron Christian is the heavy favorite and expected to win the state title. Now, would that be the case if Jill Hollingshed did not transfer from Holy Innocence to McEachin? I think it probably still would have been the case, but, I mean, she's got – what I think two state titles under her belt over there with the Golden Bear, so it was going to be really hard to pick against Holy Innocence. But you know, Hollingshead's out of the uh, out of the classification, so everything is on Hebron now. And you you got a team with you know just loaded with talent. It looks like what we got like four D one commits. You got Nicole Azar, average just under twenty points per game, hit one hundred and seven threes. Um, she's going to Samford. You got six foot two. Uh, Malia Fisher going to Rice. She averaged close to a double double last year. Um, you got a six foot three combo forward and Carly Hedger. Uh, she's going to Samford. You got Carly Fahey, a great playmaker and just a tough driver. Averaged over seven points and six point six assists per game. That's really really good. She's going to UNC Asheville. She's really tough. And then you got uh, you know Sydney Whalen 
who's uh, committed to Georgia College at the Division II level. Ella Hurd has a bunch of you know Division Three, Division Two interests and offers. And then you got Jesse Parrish, who's only a junior, but six foot two, multi-sport athlete. That's a good swimmer as well. She's tough inside, average. Um, over nine points and seven and a half rebounds per game. So you got the size, you got the guard play, you got the shooters. Um, and of course you had the coach on the sideline. So Hebron Christian, uh, very, you know, very firm favorite, uh, to win the state title. And now you're looking below them who can really compete with them. Now, Holy Innocence, they open up at number two, but I think there's a lot that needs to be sorted out for Holy Innocence to be at number two. That, that ranking was kind of a, I, I trust Nicole Dixon and what she's been able to do there. And they've always had talent, but they've always been extremely well coached as well. They don't have Hollingshed now this year. And I think that's going to be really big to see, you know, did she cover up a lot of, um, you know, maybe slight areas of weakness, you know, as her time being there as a, a six foot four, four that can do a lot of things. She's gone now, but, you know, just um, going based on what that program has done, even before Hongshed's been inside, um, this is a team that has good guard play in Sierra Foster and Naja Reeves as long as they both stay healthy. Um, Olivia Hutcherson. Uh, about five foot eleven sophomore. I think she showed a lot of promise last year as a a rebounder, a scorer inside, blocks some shots as well. Um, you got a UGA soccer commit and Rachel Settle who had nineteen points and nine rebounds in the title game a year ago, so she came up big. Um, so it's just kind of seeing between all those players, those four right there that I name. Who's going to be your go-to player if you need a bucket? Are you going to one player or is it more of a by committee approach? I'm not I'm not sure it remains to be seen, but make no mistake, uh, Holy Innocence certainly does have talent. But, you know, the team I'm looking at at number three that could could play spoiler. I don't know if they could play spoiler against Hebron, but could find a way into that number two hole uh, quickly this year is Mount Perrin. That's a team that has really improved every single year under Stephanie Dunn. Um, you know, they were you know, she inherited a, a, a three and 19 team. They went. 13 and 12 they went 24 and 4 and then last year they went 21 and 6 and they made it to the elite eight and they got closer and closer knocking on the door of knocking off saint francis and you know mount perrin and saint francis they're not in the same region anymore that that burgeoning rivalry which was heating up over the past two years and getting closer and closer and closer you can throw that out the window now mount perrin is in region seven and you're looking at that region um, that's a really nice, favorable region. You know, you play a team like Christian Heritage, who was 18 and seven last year, and Darlington, who's always traditionally good here in Rome, 23 and five. Um, but those two teams, when they play those big time private school teams, which is, you know, Mount Perrin is moving into that echelon of being in a, a top tier, close to a, an elite program. Uh, those two programs haven't necessarily fared all that well playing against teams like that. And if Mount Perrin is taking that next step, like I think they can uh, this season as being legit in that top three discussion, which is firmly, you know, cemented above the, especially above the bottom of the pole. Um, I think Mount Perrin has a chance to win out and, you know, really clean, clean sweep uh, that region and feel really good about themselves heading into the uh, the state tournament. And, um, you know, touching back on St. Francis, who we have at number four, I think St. Francis is still going to have really good guard play. Uh, Mia Moore, of course, uh, going to uh, Mississippi State, uh, she's going to have that team really competitive uh, no matter what. 
and, and they got some other good guards, Erica Moon uh, and Trance Taylor inside. Um, but they, they move over, and you're looking at St. Francis. They're going to be in Region 6 now, and if you thought Mount Perrin had a, a pretty good you know, path to the region title. I think that, you know, Mount Perrin is going to see good coaching and good teams and Christian heritage in Darlington. I think they'll, I think they should beat those teams. I don't think they're going to beat them by 25, 30 points plus, but if you're looking at a region where a team might be beating everybody by 30 plus points, 20 plus points, St. Francis in that region six, you're looking at Brandon Hall, who just moves in uh, to the GHSA for the first year. They were 10 and 13 a year ago, fellowship Christian, uh, 10 and 9 it looks like Kings Ridge uh, it looks like they only played like 9 games last year 2 and 7 if that's correct um, Lakeview Academy was 21 and 9 but Eliza Snyder's gone now Joelle Snyder's still there she's a really good scorer but does she have enough around her to keep Lakeview Academy as a team that has um, you know recently always been in the top 10 it feels like um, but then after that Mount Bethel um, I, gosh, looking at this record, it looks like they were only like 0 and 8 last year. I don't know if they're missing results. You're looking at Mount Pisgah was 12 and 9, Pinecrest Academy 8 and 17. Um, so again, it's shaping up for St. Francis in Region 6 and Mount Perrin in Region 7 to really run the tables and feel really good about themselves heading into the state tournament. But back to Mount Perrin. Aaron, real quick you got Kara Dunn who has all these ACC and SEC offers as a junior a six-foot wing she's tremendous uh, Kaylin Kirkland uh, Haviland Abernathy you got Sham Jennings who I think is going to take a leap as an athletic wing player that can give you a couple points but more importantly I think she's really good defensively and then of course Caitlin Dunning at the guard spot uh, super polished uh, only about five foot four but she could pour in the points and more uh, you know, more importantly for a team like this, who already has a big time score in Kara Dunn, uh, she can facilitate and get others involved. So I'm um, looking at Mount Perrin to really firmly cement themselves as that third best team, possibly even second best team in Class A private this season. And I know we just talked about some regions that may have an easy path, but boy, I think we better not um, understate the difficulty that Region 5 is going to have. We already talked about Hebron Christian and Holy Innocence, both of whom are in Region 5, but also our number 5 and number 6 teams, Galloway and Wesleyan, also play in Region 5. Um, tough games all season for any of those teams, and probably a situation, Kyle, where you're kind of fortunate that Class A, um, both Class A public and private, don't uh, do seeds by region to the playoffs but they do this power ranking system yeah it's a that's a really good point and it's the complete opposite last year i know people were complaining about hebron's schedule last year i mean they they played a few teams non-region but you know region eight outside of lakeview academy who traditionally really owned that region right when jan azar got there to hebron and brought her talent and they were blasting everybody by 30 plus points and now you go from uh, I don't know if I want to call it the easiest region last year. I don't want to go that far, but a region where you knew you were going to win by double digits every single every single time out. You're playing in, like you said, Ramin, the, the toughest region, uh, especially on paper, um, in Region 5. And you got, like you said, Galloway at number 5, uh, Hebron's number 1, Holy Innocence number 2, Wesleyan uh, at number 6. So that's that's going to be brutal. And, you know, Atlanta International, they were 13-7 and seven last year, and I know they graduate one of their best players, but that's a team that is, 
you know, they're good for a team that's never in the top 10. They're a respectable opponent as well. So it's not one of these teams that, you, you, you know, you're just going to walk out there and win by 60 or 70 points. So that's a respectable program um, as well. So that's just a, a really, really tough, um, tough grouping right there. And, you know, it, it might take the fun out of it a little bit, I guess, when you look at it as far as when we get to the state tournament and get deep into these um, these tournaments, we might be seeing teams playing each other for the third or fourth time in the season. I mean, you know, a uh, Hebrew that was uh, kind of hidden away in region eight, you know, you didn't see him too much until the, the state tournament, but all these teams are going to be so familiar with each other uh, and just so battle tested by playing one another. But if one team emerges out of that pack emerges out of region five, and if, if it is Hebron uh, who I think has the ability to do that, but if anybody emerges out of there, um, unblemished or with only maybe one or two losses, boy, oh boy, um, they're going to look great heading into the state tournament. And finally, the bottom of the poll, Green Forest comes in at number seven. They're building some height over there. Trinity Christian, they improved from 10 and 14 to 19 and seven. Um, Cavalry Day takes the nine spot and Elka finishes the poll at 10. Yeah, and you, you mentioned two programs in number seven Green Force and number eight Trinity Christian. Both of those schools have uh, benefited greatly from international. They get a lot of players from Africa. Uh, I'm not going to even try to butcher their names, but you got at least two um, Division One commits already. Both, uh, you know, you got one going to Coastal Carolina inside, and you're going to have another one um, probably committing fairly soon, if not already. Um, so that's a program that uh, has a lot of a lot of size, a lot of good height. It seems like they always have somebody come up through the pipeline. So Green Force is getting better and better every year, and that's a really scary thought if you're on the girl side. And you know, a, a girl like um, Adriana Jones, who I've seen so much over the summer, um, just a really good guard uh, that does a little bit of everything. A really nice uh, pickup if you're a non-D1 school. I would definitely check in on her because. Um, she gets overshadowed at times at Green Force, I'm sure. Uh, physically, uh, you know, quite literally with the size of some 6'4 and 6'5 post players, considering she's only about 5'7 or so. Um, but she's a really good player that can help a program. And then Trinity Christian, they've been benefiting um, from Hungarians. Anna Denise, uh, again, I apologize if I say the last name wrong, but um, she's going to UAB. Uh, she averaged 20 points, nine rebounds, four assists, and seven steals per game. So Dennis, Denise, however that pronunciation is, correct pronunciation is, she's a big-time player, and she really put Trinity Christian on the map. So she's going to have a really big senior year. And then you got a sophomore, Madison Moore, who averaged 15 points, six rebounds um, as a freshman last year. So, you know, one more year of that tandem together, pro, you know, that, that bodes really well over there in Sharpsburg. And then you're looking at uh, a player that's not going to be able to play this year, um, moved in, but not ruled eligible, but got offers from Kansas, UTEP, UAB, uh, Zofia, uh, Teledi, again, tough name, but six foot three. She's going to be a, a big time player once she's cleared to play next year. Uh, and it's going to be one of those great what ifs if uh, Trinity Christian had both of those two great Hungarian uh, players. Um, they could be very high up in the poll, but you know they open up at number eight right now. And then you mentioned Calvary Day, who's just a, a trademark team to always 
win a ton of games on the outskirts of uh, you know the state of Georgia in Savannah. You know, it's usually Calvary Day in Stratford. Stratford, I think, is going to take a, a step off, losing two seniors, key seniors this year. But I think Calvary Day, they're going to have a really good backcourt, and they're going to be very experienced. Michaela Primo, uh, sharp little guard at five foot three, reigning Region Player of the Year, and then Hannah Kale as a sophomore uh, coming into the season as a sophomore um really really good handles the ball well can shoot the ball uh, from distance both those two guards shoot well they play make off each other and then you got a couple other pieces that have been in jackie hamilton system for years now um so that's what the bottom of the pole looks like and then number 10 elka uh i think Jalissa dunlap's gonna have a really strong year she was great last year averaging 17 points per game i'm curious to see what her production does this year is it gonna kind of stay leveled off or is it gonna go up because uh vernica hip scored a lot of points last year and took a lot of shots she's at clemson now uh, both of those players average over 17 points per game, but now does Dunlap, does she raise her game to about 20, 22 points per game, or now does all the focus kind of come on her, and now they're going to be running double teams at her? Does that kind of hurt her production? Something to be, um, something to keep an eye on, but I think the Jacksonville commit, five foot ten. Uh, off guard can play a little one as well. Um, I really like her game. I think she's one of the more underrated players in the state of Georgia. Kyle, how labile do you think the uh, girls' side of the Class A private poll is going to be? Do we expect to see a lot of fluctuation here, a lot of people jumping in and out of the polls, or do we think this is a fairly constant top ten? You know, you might see um, like maybe three other teams, I feel like. Usually on the girls' side, you're you're pretty set in stone. And with all these other teams, you know, we always had the top four, which was, you know, lock, stock, and barrel. You're always going to have St. Francis. You're always going to have – Wesleyan, you were always going to have um, Holy Innocence, uh, you know, all those teams. Now Hebron, you know, took up that fourth spot. But the middle of the pole has been getting much better. Galloway's a really good program that's on the rise with some young guards. Um, Green Force, we mentioned, is getting better and better. Trinity Christian looks to solidify itself as a top 10 team. And Calvary Day is always going to have a good record. Um, but you're looking at teams that. Uh, just missed the poll and i talked about them a little earlier are those two two teams in region seven that mount parents is gonna have to battle um that is going to be darlington 23 and 5 last year caroline dingler she's at bucknell now but they have some strong size inside emmeline ratledge powerful junior uh jai jai johnson i liked what i saw from her last year when i saw her play against bowden only a sophomore uh about 5'11 or so uh, aggressive inside she's got some skills and then you got a sophomore uh, georgiana dempsey as well that can play a little bit on the wing um so you got a good big three right there this is a program that has won a lot of games and they're always you know like i said just like that calvary day one of those teams that's on the outskirts that's not in metro atlanta but really dominates where they're from and then christian heritage up in dalton 18 and 7 a year ago um making a coaching change we got to see if a uh, they can continue um, that 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 uh, tradition that Coach Plumley has built over there, um, but that's going to be something to look for. And they got two very experienced seniors. You got Faith Humphrey, averaged 14 points, four assists, and four steals, and you got Haiti Chambliss, 13 points, eight rebounds, uh, two assists, and three steals or so. So that's a good senior duo right there. Going to help them win a lot of games this year. So I'm looking at those two North Georgia schools as being teams that just missed on the top 10. And I'll give you one more team, kind of North Georgia, 
as a dark horse that was 17 and 8 last year and has their top three players back. Um, Tallulah Falls is a team that I think could make some hay over there in Region 8, considering you're looking at Athens Academy, lost their best player, Rosebone, to Loganville. Uh, over the off season and a lot of these other teams don't have sparkling records coming back so Tallulah Falls um, led by Danica uh, Lightborn uh, who really stepped the stat sheet last year uh, uh, as a you know as a freshman so she's coming back for her sophomore season you got Verone uh, Charlton who uh, was her I think second leading scorer and then you got a senior Katie Corbett inside so you got a nice big three right there I think uh, don't be surprised if you see uh, Tallulah Falls kind of run up their record and kind of sniff a a 21 season and you know by that you know if you see all these other teams kind of beating each other don't be surprised if you see a a Tallulah Falls sneak in at the bottom of the pole but um, depending on how 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 well they do and by how many points they win I don't know if that's going to be a team that can ever you know climb any higher than maybe like an eight or a a number nine spot in the poll just because unless they're challenging themselves non-region i just think their strength of schedule is not going to be there and kyle i appreciate your time that will wrap up our class a private preseason poll podcast that was some alliteration for you if you're looking for the class 7a to 2a um, podcast that has been posted previously the class a public will be posted shortly in the days to come um, as always, the full write-up is available via sub- subscription on sandyspiel.com. You can find us on Twitter at KyleSandy355 and at Sandy Spiel. We appreciate you listening, and on behalf of Kyle, this is Ramin signing off.